Now, we actually just had another guest on the show last week who had also paid their dues at Massimo. Mark Simpson. Mark Simpson. Was employee number eight. Oh, okay. So Mark Simpson is my best friend from college. Yeah. No way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He was on the show last week. Oh my gosh. We were uh, uh, best men in each other's uh, uh, weddings and um, he... Uh, uh, we've driven all over the planet together. We've been in Indonesia six times together. Get out of here. Uh, I met him while I was working at surf shops up in Marin, where he was living with Sherry and raising the kids. Unbelievable. That is mental. I mean, talk about a standout guy as your best friend. Congrats to these two. They know how to pick them, folks. <laughs> He's the one that got me the job at Mossimo. Like, oh, really? <laughs> and even worse than that, he was a waiter at Spoons, and uh, I, went, I went to get a job there, and I got denied. So That's come, tough. He would come up with this tip money every night, and I was like, Jesus, what does Simpson have that I don't have? Welcome back, welcome back to Happening Now with Hammer. I'm your host, Cousin Adam, coming to you from Newport Beach. We got a special show for you this week, and Hammer's going to tell you a little bit more about it so you don't get blinded by the talent we've got on here today. But before we get into that, I want to start off with a couple words from one of America's greatest authors. <clears throat> the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing. To him, he's always doing both. You know, it's interesting, Adam. Uh, people always, or a lot of people, complain about work, right? They're like, oh, I got to get up and go to work. But if you love and you're passionate about what you do, there's never a day of work. It's always a day of love, just like that poem said. So today we have somebody that has never worked a day in his life because he has passion for what he does. So Shane Baum is our guest today, and Shane, thank you for coming today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Hammer. I didn't know a lot about sunglasses. I just pop on those gas station $2 sunglasses that are supposed to blind you. Um, but it's amazing how intense sunglasses and glasses overall have come because you used to be, you know, 60s, 70s, uh, if you had glasses, you were a nerd, right? And it was a, it wasn't a piece of jewelry. I mean, what you're doing, I mean, this is jewelry for the face, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, I always thought there's a little bit of a disconnect from of course, you know, like uh, back in the day, there was, they were government issued, or you did it so you could see the <laughs> yeah. uh, the chalkboard. You would um... Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe 60s, 70s too. You were trying to hide the way your eyes looked after a certain lunch break. Yeah. <laughs> that was you, Adam. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or a darker shade at the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I've never looked at any woman, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> I love those mirrored ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a reason they were popular. Oh, yeah, you know that. 70s style. Yeah. So how long have you been doing this? What, what, what got you to this? I'll tell you what, I studied industrial engineering in, in a college, and I was kind of a terrible student. We've got something in common. <laughs> <laughs> Graduated barely. And uh, yeah, I ended up working for a, a fashion company here from Southern California. Um, my buddy had a beach house down here, here, so on summers we would come down and, and visit and uh, met a guy named Mossimo. 
Ah, I think I've heard of him. Yeah, and uh, he just said, like, hey, we're hiring right now. So I went to work when there was about 10 people in that company. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and we went through. Um, For all you young people out there, back in the day, we're talking 80s, 90s, Massimo was it, period. Yeah, they called him the uh, Calvin Klein of the West Coast. Absolutely. We went from about 10 people to about 300. Um, we went public in the spring of 96. How long did it take to get to that number? I mean, what were the years? I want to say, like, I went to work when the company was about three years old, and so it took another six maybe to get there. Wow, that's quick. And uh, Yeah, pretty quick. And um, when I started in the eyewear division, um, there was two people in it. There was one lady who did all the cool things, um, went to the factories in Italy and uh, worked on the, the product development and everything else. And, Got to live the life. Yeah, and I answered the phone and, um, you know, said, hello, Mossmo Optic, may I help you? And... Um, but learn to import and export, manage cost of goods sold. And I was like, a, you know, I was working nights and weekends and just, I would go in and find the, uh, the uh, P&L and the uh, income state, I mean, the income statement. And so the, for you younger folks, um, that's called paying your dues, right, bro? A hundred percent, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I tell younger people when they're on the way up, you know, like if you want to be great, you know, understand every job in the company before you take the reins. And so, uh, yeah, it's a really important thing. I'm going to tell you, Elon Musk, all those boys, this guy, myself, we've all done toilets. It's the way it works. you got to know everything, right? Every time I take the trash out, I, uh, <laughs> I make sure that it's um, memorialized. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, we actually just had another guest on the show last week who had also paid their dues at Massimo. Mark Simpson. Mark Simpson. Was employee number eight. Finished that up and I ended up back down here working in a clothing warehouse for a company that is um, long in history. Hammer, you're gonna remember them. Mossimo, remember oh, them? Oh, love Mossimo, man. Oh yeah. They were the, they were the pioneers. I did, I was number 18 employee working in the warehouse wow. at Mossimo. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Now were those like kind of the days too where you would like on a carbon copy piece of paper write down your hours? for the week and be like, no, I swear. No, we didn't have ink like, back oh, then. Geez, you day, you day <laughs> no, but we would get orders in and the orders had just started coming in by this crazy machine called the facsimile. It was amazing. <laughs> and it would beep and it would print out orders that people had handwritten. It was so crazy. I was like, holy shit, this is te technology. Oh, okay. So Mark Simpson is my best friend from college. Yeah. No way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He was on the show last week. Oh my gosh. We were uh, uh, best man in each other's uh, uh, weddings and um, he, uh, uh, we've driven all over the planet together. We've been in Indonesia six times together. Get out of here. Why? I met him while I was working at surf shops up in Marin, where he was living with Sherry and raising the kids. Unbelievable. That is mental. I mean, talk about a standout guy as your best friend. Congrats to these two. They know how to pick them, folks. <laughs> He's the one that got me the job at Mossimo. Like, oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> and even worse than that, he was a waiter at Spoons, and uh, I, went, I went to get a job there, and I got denied. So That's come, tough. He would come up with his tip money every night, and I was like, Jesus, what does Simpson have that I don't have? He probably said, don't hire that cat. <laughs> Behind your back stuff. You know how that goes. Oh, man. Simpson's the best. What, a, what an awesome common starting point for you guys now, and both still being involved with apparel and fashion out of Orange County, too. No, 100%. You know, so we started together. We worked in the warehouse together at Mossimo, and, and uh, he was, a, truth be told, he was a little jealous when I got to um, ship eyewear because it was a lot less invasive and easier than shipping the apparel. So we were both mm -hmm. warehouse guys at the same time so that's why he was talking shit about you okay <laughs> <laughs> no. 
That's what friends do. Guilty as charged. Yeah, exactly. He would want to stay at a schedule that's flexible enough to keep him close to the water, though. Whereas it sounds like you got to luck out and really go spend a little more time abroad answering phones in Italy. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I went to Italy for the first time, I think in, I want to say like, I don't know, 92 or 93 or something like that. He was able to go like the year or two after, but we were always like, you know, best friends slash competitive, you know, <laughs> of course, yeah. you know, everybody wanted to make the same amount of money. And, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I had a little cage in the corner of the warehouse and, you know, I had my own phone and computer and he was still kind of like filling um, boxes in the warehouse. And so he was a little bitter for, you know, two or three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens with friends. Yeah. You know, you got to push each other. That's the beautiful thing. So what happened? What, what got you to this point? You were at Massimo. Then where did we jump to? Yeah, I was there nine years. And, you know, like, you know, I, like I said, we went public. And how old were you then? Uh, I was in my 20s. So, I mean, like, I had a really good break early in my career because they said, like, you know, you're going to be part of this division. And we went from, you know, like zero you know, to, I don't know, like, somewhere around 10 million. So all of a sudden I find myself like wow. early twenties VP of a $10 million division and we're going public. And so I'm able to sit in, um, management meetings with, uh, you know, with, with executives from Tommy Hilfiger, from Calvin Klein, from, uh, you know, some of the best uh, couture brands on the planet. Did they give you one of those guns that shoot cash? Did you? <laughs> well, I always tell you the one thing that I learned during that time is that, you know, don't discount the people that got you there. And so a lot of Amen. people, a lot of people were really talented and got kind of, they were, they were told to, um, you know, to report to somebody else. You know, it's like, Amber, you've done great so far. You've been, you know, you don't have a formal education, but you're now going to report to this person who's much more accomplished than you. And so you saw a lot of the uh, DNA of the company kind of get extinguished. It's not a very good example. It happened a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you didn't have, I mean, you had that engineering degree, right? But what got you to move for, forward on this and go, okay, I would like to design? Well, I went to work for Optical Shop of Aspen. Well, first of all, let me, um, let me um, back up. Yeah, regress a little bit. Um, the designs that we were getting from our from from a, a firm that we had hired uh, weren't coming in that great so i just said like I, I have some ideas but i don't know how to articulate them so i just started saying nights and weekend i would work in the graphic department they taught me how to do adobe illustrator and so for me it was kind of an after hours hobby mm -hmm. but but i learned to move the lines around enough that i could make a, a technical drawing and and i had done autocad in college and so kind of understood the three-dimensional you know um view of how you would move shapes around and guys, that's not a hobby. What that is, is taking control of your life and moving yourself forward. Great lesson. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, after that, I just started putting designs to paper and then I realized what we were paying the design team. And so I just said, like, I don't think we need them anymore. And so at that point, I guess I declared myself a designer, which I think it's important to understand that design is just an opinion. You know, I, I, know, I know you love uh, old cars and um, we both love, you know, old things. and. At the end of the day, you know, like somebody can see like a beautiful, you know, Porsche 356 or something like that. And they're like, that's a beautiful design. And that homage goes to the person that put the pencil, the paper, and it can be voted on from a 10 year old kid to a hundred year old guy. And they're like, that's a beautiful design. And so it's an opinion, but in order to be a designer, you have to have um, the medium to be able to express your ideas. And so and that's the, the only spot. difference. Yeah. You have to have that. You gotta have the Daimler mentality. As I call it. Yeah, 1,000%. After learning how to design um, 
you know, with the, uh, with the graphic department. Uh, I just started putting my concepts to paper. Uh, and how old were you about this time when you got uh, that break? Kind of like 20. So you're still in your 20s. Yeah, I'm still in my 20s. That's yeah, awesome. a great opportunity. And so, but then, you know, the stock went from 52 to 26 to four and some state, four and some change and then got delisted. Yes. And uh, so then um, we ended up doing a deal with Target and, you know, the company went from 300 people back down to 60 or 70. And I would say I learned way more on the way down than the way up. But wasn't it more successful money-wise at Target? Well, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, the epitome of, what would you call it, um, I guess, selling out, you know, taking That's something. exactly what that is. Yeah. They took the, Massimo took the cash and ran, which you can't blame him. No, not at all. I mean, but he, he killed that brand as being a, it was a much better brand than one that got there. He paved the way for that to happen all throughout the surf industry. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. One hundred percent. I saw. I saw that Pat Tenori was doing a. Uh, he's doing an art show coming up, and they they have a. I just saw it yesterday. They have. Yeah, exit through the surf shop. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had the picture of all the uh, the brands that were like just massive at one point, and they all you probably saw it with all the gravestones and everything. And yeah. Yeah. I love the gravestone thing. That's exactly the way it should be. <laughs> I mean, uh, or the sellout sign. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't blame those guys for selling out. Yeah, I don't either. Although, I mean, when you when you talk about, you know, the master at the art of living and doing something into perpetuity, you know, like you can look at Stussy, for example, and they're the one stronghold that didn't sell out and they kind of quietly go around like a little core business globally. And yeah. so I guess what's, you know, who knows what the intent is, I guess. You know, whether it, you... Isn't it amazing? This little hub that we're that we live in here, it's so artistic and creative. Yeah, it is incredible. I mean, I was talking to your wife earlier, who's a beautiful lady, by the way. You lucky guy, you. Thank you. Uh, it's amazing how you, within a five-block radius of where this studio and your shop is, where we happen to be neighbors, um, it's the creativity is just mind-boggling. Yeah, no, it is incredible. I mean, it's it's a, uh, and it's not like it just started. You know, I mean, I remember um, during that time in my, you know. 20s, you know, meeting guys like, you know, Bob McKnight or Bob Hurley, which were real mentors of mine who were entrepreneurs that were just making stuff happening and uh, doing great things. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a real hub of creativity, specifically in surf culture, but also just in Southern California culture. Well, we had Doug Rugg in here. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And that surfboard company, I mean, they were, that was in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know whether it is like the perfect weather um the proximity to mexico or just like the awesome location you guys have near so much manufacturing that helped create surfboards made it easy for a bunch of guys who would try and spend most of their time in baja to start making clothes here so that they could then buy a second house in baja and start this pipe dream but it's maintained this position as a place that has an enduring creativity and has established like a global style but i i think to take i mean uh to take your point a little bit further, I mean, like, you know, how do I grow up in a town of 2,500 and end up in Southern California? And so, like, you have to take risk and bus takers. And since the beginning of time, I mean, like, yeah. hopping in a covered wagon and saying, like, I'm yeah. going west. You know, I was just up in Butte, Montana earlier this week, and some people said there's gold in them hills. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, first, <laughs> first time I've worn a hell of all year. I'm wearing Yellowstone here, guys. Yeah. Kevin's coming here in a minute. I'm not sure where he's at, but very he's popular late. show. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and creative people tend to, 
you know, bunch together, just like anything. Yeah. You know, every industry tends to do that if it's sports or whatever. I mean, we've interviewed, you know, you name it, but all these industries, if it's a good industry and a smart industry, you are collective. Yeah. That's just the way it works. Your wife showed me this, and um, there were some uh, sunglasses from Louis Vuitton that you designed. Yeah. And I have no own two of them. Okay. And, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Now I'm not going to wear them anymore because now they're <laughs> going to be in a special place in the, in the sunglass place. But I'm a little bit of a freak about sunglasses. Uh, I guess because I've been in the industry so long, I've always liked, you know, it's another accessory when you're doing something, right? Yeah. So let's talk, let's move ahead a little bit and then we'll go backwards, but let's talk about your brand and what's going on with your brand. Your brand is very sophisticated, a little bit too high sophisticated for me, I'm, you know, but.